The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk. Now, finalising numbers on your wedding guest list can be a tedious task. Uh, the more, maybe the merrier, but it will cost you if you're too liberal with handing out invites. Now, while it's natural to want to have as many family and friends as you can on your big day, an oversized guest list can pose a lot of problems. So how do you navigate this tri- tricky area without offending anyone or feeling guilty? Well, I'm joined by Sarah Kennedy, wedding expert from the Irish Wedding Blog. Sarah, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me. Wasn't COVID great that people could just say, well we're only allowed the 50 I know you and the 25 come. sure look it was all going so well <laughs> and now we're back in it straight um, back there there are differences I think depending on what part of the country uh, you're from yeah I mean Andrea Gilligan from Donegal would tell you that weddings with 300 400 would not be that unusual no whereas in the Dublin area you wouldn't have so many no so you probably would find the average size of a wedding I suppose in the Leinster area in total would be anything between 140 120 to 160 in an around those sort of numbers. So it is it is a significant difference. What you find is that the further west and north you go, you tend to find that it is more into that 200 plus size. And it's more, I suppose, there's, there's still that essence of there, people are less likely to offend the wider family, the wider community. Yeah. Everybody's invited and they just don't want the hassle. So bring it all. Whereas I suppose more over this side of the country, you're looking at those who have to really kind of scale that down and find that happy medium. And it's almost easier to turn around and say, do you know what? We're going to stick to just having immediate friends and family and that's wedding at 20, 30, 40 people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people understand that. But once you're in that middle area with the 120 type number, that's the hard part I find for couples. It's trying yeah. to get, it's trying to really refine it down. Now, one of the issues if you've got a really huge wedding is um, if you do leave someone out of the 300. Mm. Oh, well, you're in big trouble then. <laughs> and it can happen completely as an oversight. It can. You know. Like you have to, like it's such a big number as it is. And then you're trying to remember everybody in your life that could, that you have to mind and acknowledge. And it is that, that difficult, that difficult period to do. Like if you think about it, Taking the the average size wedding of of what we'd see over towards more in the Leinster area, 120 people. That's 60 per 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 each person in the couple. That's 30 couples then. So if you yeah. think about it, each trying to narrow that down to 30 couples each, that's that's difficult. Then the further west you go, while it, it's relative given that number, because you have a lot more in your community that you're trying to, you know bring together and include in it and like you t- you tend to find in more of the rural weddings that you're going to find that there is that local shopkeeper that you grew up with of course they're going to be invited all of the the, the hurling the football club everyone that you've been included with they're all invited you know yeah. um, the, the question of uh, plus ones mm. Um, you could actually have a lot more of your friends if you didn't have to have their plus ones. Well, you can be very strategic and you can have your table where nobody's partner gets an invite and then you you can buckle that down. And I think it really comes down to the couple looking at that list saying, how can we make this as economical as we possibly can? I had a rule for my own weddings that I didn't want to be meeting someone for the first time at the door of the church when everybody's walking out. So if you haven't met the partner, they're not coming. Yeah, like now you would obviously be respectful to the point if they've been together a really long time, you're not going to dismiss them just because you haven't met them, you know, but mm. but but ultimately that would be for me. If somebody isn't together that long, it's not that serious. It's only kicking off. No, I, I, I personally wouldn't invite because it is that moment of, well, do we know that they're going to be around forever? They're going to be in my wedding pictures and I don't want to be meeting somebody at the door of the church for the first time. Now, in other words, what you're saying is if I can write an invitation to, um, let's take a 
generic set of names, mm-hmm. uh, Emma and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Emma is going to bring Jonathan or vice versa. Jonathan is going to bring Emma. But you have a situation where you invite Emma and Jonathan and Jonathan has been replaced with Bill. Yeah. It, after the invitation goes out because you know the, the keep the date uh, save the date kind of thing might go out first yes uh, and then by that stage Jonathan is now Bill and then Bill gets dumped and it's Eamon <laughs> well fair play to Emma you know so <laughs> she's having a great time yeah look it does get tricky and I think you know I, rem- I recall I had a group of friends some were newly going out some were single and I just had that conversation girls I'm just inviting you as a group and everybody was absolutely fine with it. And I yeah. think people people understand it, people get it. And sometimes it is great to come without the plus one and just have that group that you might yeah, have Yeah, because one of the things, with. if you are going as a plus one, you, the person who's invited then is trying to mind you or vice versa. Yeah, if you have a plus one, yeah. and you're trying to make sure that everyone's talking to everybody and the, look at that yeah. poor person on their own. No one's talking to them and better go over. I know, and, I know. Or auntie whatever has cornered so-and-so. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and grilling him or her about <laughs> their wet, prospects. I know they're only together a wet week. I know, and look, there, there is the one thing I'd say is you're o- there's always going to be an element of, of I suppose somebody getting insulted. There's always going to be an element of not being able to please everyone, and that's okay. I think what you have to do is sit down as the as a couple and go, okay, what's right for the moment that we're in, and don't make decisions based on the I suppose the scenarios that you're in now, like particularly around work colleagues. You know, different invites like that. Think about five years, 10 years time, where am I going to be? And I did um, a podcast with Shoopy Sweetman and I loved her. Um, I loved her analogy when I was asking her because she had a very small intimate wedding and she said, the only people I wanted there were the people I knew I could call at five o'clock in the morning if my leg was falling off. Okay. And, and it was just getting that ruthless and saying, that's who I want to share my day with because it is so now, special. Um, time was when uh, the, the parents of the bride would mm-hmm. tend to pony up for everything that was the, it was kind of a, a relic of the old dowry days I think of course, uh, yeah. but that, those days are gone they and, are. and couples themselves or both families may pony up for uh, a wedding does uh, the fact that couples themselves may bear a lot of the financial burden free them from the pressures of extended family say well you're not paying for it yeah so, I think so you know auntie uncle so and so I'm sorry uh, they're not coming because if they do it's going to cost us X and Y yeah, yeah. so you do find that you find that yeah the d- days have changed in terms of who pays for what and who contributes to what and I think it has always been a case that well if parents are contributing that's a passport for invite whereas because that dynamic has changed the power has changed in terms of who's holding the pen so yeah couples do have a little bit more liberation but that doesn't stop parents necessarily asking and saying who they want to have there. And I think a lot of couples would bear that in mind when they are making their wedding list of are there people that are important for my parents to have there as well? And if auntie needs to be there or if all the cousins, whatever that might be, it may not suit every couple, but they do consider it. Um, But yeah, definitely the dynamic has changed. It's, you know, it's really down to the couple. The couple decide the list. And yes, they do get pressure over who they should be bringing. Yeah. Uh, and if you the, the problem is, if you draw up strict criteria, you say, well, only, uh, y- you know, shall we say pe- people who wear yellow <laughs> are allowed to come, then everyone turns up wearing yellow and everyone gets to go. I'm being facetious there. But you know what I mean? Uh, going to first cousins, second cousins. Yes. How far do you go? Well, this is or, it. Ego. Or people with children. Yes. Well, this is the big one is, is is children like this sparks a huge amount of debate. So like it's to each each to their own. Some couples, they want 
you know, they're very close to the children and their family and they really want them there. Others, absolutely not. And then what you tend to find is where the where the bugbearer for couples get to is where an invite goes out. It says the couple's name of who they're inviting. The kids' names are not on it. And yet they still come back saying, oh, so I'm going to bring little Johnny with me. And then in other cases, I've heard of people actually knowing full well their kids aren't invited and will still arrive on the day with the kids. Yeah. And that's not fair on the couple because the couple have not invited it's, them. It's not fair on everybody there. Absolutely. Because you have to mind them as well, you know, yeah. and they're going to be offloaded on somebody. <laughs> so. But if there are lots of kids, it becomes a different dynamic. I mean, yes. uh, OK, if you're in a hotel where perhaps you could get a minder, you know. Yes, a, a or entertainment. Brilliant. That's one thing. But yeah. it, it does tend to change the nature of the party, it does. doesn't it? And I think as well, if you know that kids are coming, you can prepare well for that. And there's some brilliant providers out there who provide entertainment and keep kids occupied on the day. But if kids just arrive on the day, you've nothing ready for them. You know, it's not yeah. a great environment for them either. Um, some of the texts coming in. We live outside Leinster. We are having 120 at our wedding. Rural weddings don't always mean, mean huge numbers. Another one. My friend has only asked her uncles and aunts, not the wives and husbands or first cousins. And war oh. has broken out. <laughs> uh, what about inviting some of the parents' longtime friends? Should they be included? It really depends on the couple. You know, like if you think about it, some friends of, of parents are practically like aunts and uncles to a lot of people, you know, and it's yeah. and they've grown up with them. I couldn't imagine some of my friends who've grown up and minded my kids not being at their wedding in, when the time comes. Um, we tried to avoid the new plus ones, but one of our guests offered to pay. We felt we had to include them and obviously did not let them pay. I said, know. if I can bring my plus one, can I'll, I'll pay for them. I'll pay for the meal. Oh, God. Yeah, no, well, the guests shouldn't really be asking you to do that in the first place, you know. But yeah, look, there's you're going to find there's a lot of random scenarios that come out. You know, it's like the hottest ticket in town is getting to somebody's wedding. Yeah, even though I talk to people because I'm now out of the, the, the situation where my pa- pals are getting married, obviously. Um, but they say it's costing me a fortune. Exactly, I have yeah. 12 weddings this year. What am I going to do? N- another one here. Um, is it OK to say no to an invitation to an overseas wedding if money is tight? We're struggling to say no and we're feeling very guilty. No, I think a, a, a lot of the time when a couple are planning a wedding abroad, they are baking in the fact that there's going to be a big drop off. And as much as they'd love a certain amount of people there, the reality is, is not everybody's going to go. So say no. You don't have to give a reason why no. Say, look, it just we, we just can't do it. We just can't go. And we have other commitments and that's fine. I'm having surgery. I'm having surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We chose to have a smaller wedding post-COVID and I was surprised that so many of both our families were so put out by it, aunts or cousins, we wouldn't be particularly close to. Yeah, I think it is that funny thing of like, you may not see people for years or you only see them at whatever family events and then as soon as a wedding crops up, there's an assumption that it would take place. But look, it's, you know, and I'd say this to couples, you cannot please everybody. And if you think if you get into the wedding side of things, the last thing you should be trying to do is trying to please absolutely everyone because you won't please yourself. The plus one debate is such a good one. When we got married three years ago, we each had a pal that was only seeing a relatively new partner. Neither of them came in the end as they were so annoyed. We were disappointed, but we couldn't give up. We couldn't give in because the number and the space was limited. Yeah. And you do it for one, then you have to do it for everybody as well. Uh, We kept adding to our original list and it got out of control. So we went back to the first list we made, the people we really wanted there. Uh, You could always add more, but it's impossible to include everybody. uh, And people mostly understand, do they? 
they do, I think if if people understand if somebody turns around and says I'm going to do a small intimate wedding with just family and friends 30 people 40 people I think it's where people say oh look we're really struggling and it's 120 to 150 people and they're still not invited that's hard for people mm. to grapple with and they see some of their friends going and you're all in a kind of a similar circle I think that's where you can sometimes find that little bit of yeah. begrudgery coming now, out There could be the other uh, thing the offence taken by the bride and groom when they have an overseas wedding or even a down the country Mm -hmm. out of the way wedding that's going to require three days of your time uh, a new guna uh, an expensive hotel to stay in and and so on often it can be cheaper to to, to actually stay in a hotel overseas with a Ryanair flight than actually do the business in Ireland so the bride and groom get upset because X and Y did not show I know and well I think there's there's RSVPing in good time and saying you can't make it which is good manners but it's those who leave it to last minute and say oh now we can't go and they've given up potentially two places of other people that could have made the list you know and I think that that doesn't sit well Uh, let's see it's extraordinary what's coming in a wedding invite is like a bill yeah, I can't my dad believe. says that if he yeah. sees it coming through the door he's like oh here's my invoice <laughs> <laughs> not an invite an invoice can't believe people get annoyed by being excluded uh, on wedding invites we did it if we didn't see them in the past two years they yeah. didn't get an invite that's A lot if I haven't worn that, that shirt in the two years it's going out, out in the bin or recycling exactly. yes, yeah. yes. Uh, my mother refused to go to my wedding unless she could bring her seven friends yeah yeah, mm. I've heard of this before. Yeah, very common occurrence. And look, do you know, that's the dynamic within that family that you have to tease out. And um, and it's a difficult one. Do you bring the seven or do you upset your mum? You know, yeah. and it's nobody can really account for that. Uh, another one. We got married in Nurka in Spain. We had 40 guests, just family and close friends. We had the time of our lives. It was perfect. And none of the BS that mm. comes with an Irish uh, wedding. If if people took that attitude, you had a business there. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, one of my sister, husband's sisters turned up with her kids in tow at our wedding. It wasn't the kids uh, being there in particular that annoyed me. It was the other people who were told not to bring kids and went with us on the request. They were annoyed yes, of course. to see the other kids yeah, present. Yeah, it's a very tricky situation. Um, it's a very difficult mm. one for guests to grapple with when, when that happens and it happens quite regularly, more than you would even mm. realise. Um, one last thing about uh, what is appropriate as a wedding gift. Now, I've, I've heard the rule of thumb is whatever your dinner is costing the, the happy couple um, that is really what you should give as a gift in cash. Is cash king now? Cash is king. Yes, cash is absolutely king. And yes, there are there's there's other gifting options, of course. But I ran a poll on this. Actually, I should rerun it. But the poll, the, the general going rate was in and around the 200 to 250 mark, according to the, to the general public. That's what they're telling me they're putting in a card. And obviously it goes up the closer you are or more involved you are in the wedding. All right. Well, look, uh, I'm not sure we've solved any problems. No, we've no, certainly look, ventilated there. them, Sarah, that's for sure. <laughs> Sarah Kennedy, wedding expert from the Irish Wedding Blog. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.